Hello everyone, and welcome back to Johnny.exe, and today we're going to be discussing anime. Now, I'm going to start with something slightly controversial. Hope you guys, uh, <laughs> hope you guys don't crucify me too bad, but, um, that's right, boys and girls, it is time to sharpen your pitchforks, light those torches, and ready your artillery. Uh, I am going to start off tonight's conversation with a very hated topic, Dragon Ball GT. And I'm going to be honest with you, I understand that a lot of people dislike GT. There are reasons to not like GT. Whatever your opinion is, as I like to, as I would like to express again, your opinion is valid. Whatever your opinion may be, it is valid. However, I do feel like GT gets a little bit too much hate. I feel like people just hate on it because it's the cool thing to dislike when it comes to the Dragon Ball universe. Now, Z is the worst when it comes to fillers. Their fillers are nonsensical and ridiculous, and if we're going to hate on an anime series, can we at least hate on the whole series and not just one season because Akira Toriyama had nothing to do with it? Please? Please? Also, you can't even get too mad at the whole Kigoku thing. Um, so, alright. Let me, let me collect my thoughts here. Let me be honest. Yes, there are reasons to dislike GT. However, I feel like there's more reasons to dislike Super. And let me remind you guys, or for those who haven't heard my uh, my pilot episode, I'm a huge, avid fan of the entire series of Dragon Ball. From Ball, to Z, to GT, to Super, to Heroes, etc., etc., etc. I've been a diehard fan of Dragon Ball since I was a kid. I remember coming home from school every day, as early as I possibly could, because at 3 o'clock, Toonami started, and the first show that was on the block was Dragon Ball Z. Now, I was watching Dragon Ball since before Toonami, however. When I was about 6, I believe I was 6 years old, um, there was a, a station, a TV station called UPN. Now it doesn't exist anymore, but back in the day, they would show Dragon Ball from start to finish, and I watched it about twelve times before I was, uh, before I was about ten. So when I was about ten is when Toonami really started. It kicked off, and it was it was amazing because I was like, oh hey, that's Goku. I know who that is. That's Goku, and I watched Z from start to finish on Toonami. Now, when I say start to finish, I mean, obviously, they didn't show every single filler episode, but they showed most of them, and most of them are garbage. I, I, I can't find one filler episode I genuinely enjoyed, except for the time when Super Saiyan Kid Gohan, or Teen Gohan, rather, met General, General Tao? Assassin Tao. That guy. And saw the yellow hair saw how he fought, and thought to himself, that's got to be Goku or someone related to him. I'm not messing with that, and dips. It's cool. It's a cool little throwback to the original series. But it didn't have to happen, and neither did the Goku Piccolo driving episode. Neither did uh, telling us about Yamcha's baseball career. Uh, Gohan, when he's training with Piccolo, the filler arc when... They set up him meeting the, the robot. That robot that dies four episodes after you meet him. I think it was four. It was like two, 
between two and four episodes after you meet him, just to show Gohan had a heart. We get it. He's five. Yeah, he's going to feel stuff. Unnecessary things that didn't have to happen. Now, some might argue that the death of that robot that no one remembers the name of, or at least I don't, I'm sorry if... I'm sorry to offend if I did, um, but that no one rem- that I don't remember the name of build was the building block that led to the whole sixteen thing when Android sixteen got his head kicked in, but or stomped in by Cell, that triggered Gohan and his memory of that one time he had a friend that was a robot. Well, what about the manga? In the manga, that never happened. In the manga, that event where sixteen gets his head bashed in was still a thing. But it was because 16 found beauty in life. He found a way to not just be a robot meant to kill Goku. He became a person. He showed that through, no matter what you're told you are, you can still choose to be whoever you want to be. That's a message that I think inspired or at least should have inspired pretty much an entire generation. Be whoever you choose to be. Be you, and be proud of being you. 100%. Be whoever you, you feel you are made to... Whoever you feel you are, whoever you are as a person, be. I think that's a beautiful message. And that's what that's what resonated with Gohan. That's what made Gohan go bananas, for lack of a better word, because I am trying to keep this a certain, uh, (laughs) at least PG-13 here, um, but made him go bananas, and that's what made him, that's what broke him. It's similar to that when, when Krillin, who was a human, had no chance of beating, uh, Frieza, tried to fight him anyway, and then got blown up. Goku used it as fuel, that pain, that anguish, to become a Super Saiyan. And Gohan did the same. Just so happens that it was through a metaphor, a very strong metaphor, that made him realize it's okay to let go. It's okay to be a Saiyan. It's alright to give in to the urge to fight as long as you don't lose yourself. It's okay to have a moment of weakness. You will still be you after you're done. I feel like that's brilliant. It's very good writing on behalf of the staff that that wrote this script. The mo- Akira Toriyama is brilliant for that. There's a lot of things I can say about Akira Toriyama that that would show his brilliance and also some of his down his downfalls, but. All in all, solid mangaka. Very solid. Now, here's the thing. With Super, the plot tapers at points. So, like... Alright, how do I put this? With Dragon Ball GT, the plot was consistent. Wasn't good for certain parts, if we're being 100% honest, like the Baby Saga. It could have been much better than it was. I'm being real honest with you. It could have been much better. But. 
Oh, and also the whole first season being, uh, sorry, the whole ha- half of the whole first season was just filler. It was a two, se- technically a two season uh, anime. The whole first arc, filler. Second arc, baby. Third arc, which is the best arc, in my opinion, that that series had, were the Shinruns. And if we're being honest, they were amazingly designed. Not necessarily aesthetic-wise, the only one that was... The only two that were well-designed, in my opinion, aesthetically, were Omega and the first one they fight. Um... For those who don't know, each one of the Shinrons took a form based on what wish was granted for that specific, um, like the importance of that specific thing. Uh, I guess if that makes sense. So, like the first, the first wish they ever made on the Dragon Balls was Bulma's panties, because Oolong wished for Bulma's panties, so that, well, because he's a pig, literally and figuratively. He's a pig. Um, but also to distract King Piccolo while Goku is fighting him. And also to waste the wish. It's dumb. It's plot convenience. But hey, what are you going to do? But turned out to be a siren slash serpent thing. A water spirit, essentially. The dragon was a water spirit. But it starts off as female and then transforms into this horrid male wretched beast it's it's well done very well done and then omega shinron because it's omega shinron you know what i mean like he's simple but he's effective as a villain um also the animation was solid throughout if we're being honest just throughout the entire series of dragon ball gt the animation never wavered never tapered it was st- it was consistently well well uh designed drafted and drawn Cannot say the same for Super. Most of Super has such choppy, not choppy, but such um, half-assed animation at times that it makes you question what what were the artists on when they thought this was acceptable for TV. Now, I understand that there are specific um, deadlines, but if we're being honest, I feel like that shouldn't get in the way of integrity. Like, look, look, at, look at how they did Z. All right, Dragon Ball Z. Yes, they had very specific um, time frames that they had to meet in the original run in Japan for Z. But how they stopped, how they were able to animate like that and have it be hand-drawn as opposed to how we do it now, which is tablet, um, it's still hand-drawn, just digital art is a whole different beast than physically drawing because when you're physically drawing when you're physically drawing something it's I'm not going to say harder because both are equal in my opinion I don't know much about art but in my opinion I feel like it'd be equally as difficult to do either or but the quality of animation just wasn't there the whole time with super that it was with Z with Z or well Z has its moments I'm not going to lie but specifically we're talking GT here the, the quality of animation in GT and the quality of animation in Super, GT takes the cake. Writing-wise, Super has that. Hands down, Super had the better writing, um, even though at times there were stupid reasons for good things to happen. Good things happened. 
With with GT, however, there were cool moments with great build-up, and the ending wasn't quite worth it. Like, it wasn't a big enough payoff to warrant the build. That happened a couple times, like especially with the baby fight. Um, fight when they were on that planet fighting the giant uh, bronze stat, the living ba- bronze baby statue. So crazy, but it didn't have to be a thing. And on top of that, it wasn't a good fight. Goku could have easily taken it out. Decided to just go Super Saiyan One and play with this toy, like play with it as if it were a toy. It, it's it's preposterous. Some of the things that either has done. Um, oh, so, getting off the topic now, sorry, um, we're gonna move on from, from Dragon Ball, if that's right with you guys, and I'd like to discuss Fully Cooly, if that's right. So, for those who don't know, it is, hands down, my favorite anime of all time, and I mean of all time, and for many reasons, but the biggest reason why the original series of Fully Cooly Six episodes. That's all it was, was six episodes. But the reason why it stands out the most is because the studio that created it, Studio Genix, they only created it, and this is the crazy part, to test new ways of animation. That's it. Each episode follows a different art style each way through, like the whole way through. The beauty of it, though, is that the writing staff was so competent that they pulled, in, a, in my opinion, a very well, well-written well story out of their ass. It was completely out of thin air. There was no rhyme or reason to be as good as it was, but there we go. It, it's also the thing that introduced me to indie rock, which is a big part of my whole being is indie rock. I'm a huge, avid fan of it. Um, I'm more a metalhead, <laughs> but I love indie rock, and this is the anime that introduced me to it. The Pillows, phenomenal band. Phenomenal band. Which led me to lead, uh, which led me to listen to bands like Metric, and TV on the radio, and the list goes on. But, when I was a kid, and I was watching this on Adult Swim, it was crazy. How could they show this on TV? It was weird, but amazing. Now, there was a sequel series that came out 18 years after the original. The original came out in in the year 2000. The sequel came out in 2018, and they acknowledged the time skip in the sequel series. And it's amazingly well flushed out. I suggest give both a watch. Each season is only six episodes long. And you can find the box sets on Amazon. This isn't sponsored by Amazon or anything like that, but that's just technically, that's just who I usually get anything from. Um, but yeah, just, it's it's my favorite anime. I urge you guys to go check it out. Give it a good, it's six episodes. What do you got to lose? If you don't like the original, you don't got to watch the sequel. It's that simple. But again, I recommend it. Um, while we're on the topic, there seems to be some confusion floating around about what the big three are. Um, now, I I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, and there will be people out there who's a little agitated at me for saying this, but the big three references manga sales, uh, not just in Japan, but in the West. Um, basically, the big three manga that proved anime and manga are a legitimate... Uh, 
media force in the West, as opposed to how everyone dismissed it as just a ner- a, a, um, a geeky hobby for losers. Which, by the way, we're not... I speak for myself alone, um, but I think we're a pretty cool bunch of people who just happen to be into this stuff. It interests us because it's fun. It's not something that, like, it's not something to be ashamed of. It never has been and never will be, and I've always been this person that has been into this stuff. And I've always been out loud and pretty obnoxious about it. There's been times I came to school in cosplay. I am ashamed to admit that. But it was just to test out cosplay before a convention, I swear to you. Um, (laughs) That doesn't make it better. (laughs) But anyway, so like... um, Sorry, what were we talking about? (laughs) Right, right, right. So the big three. The big three is this specific three manga in this order specifically. Okay? It's one piece because of the long, the, the the elongated lifespan it's had, and it's been wildly successful since its debut. Just unstoppable driving force of anime and manga. It is amazing what they've done. Then Naruto, which the only reason why it loses to one piece in the big three as the number two, uh, is is because it hasn't been running as long as One Piece. I feel like both are equally solid anime and manga. I highly recommend both. They're amazing. And then a th- the third one, which is another one of my personal favorites, uh, Bleach. These are the most popular manga of all time. That's why they're called the Big Three. And we're not talking about just one demographic. We're talking about something that's spanned overseas and was equally, if not more so, popular than its original counterpart over in Japan. That's why they're known as the Big Three, because they broke through and became part of pop culture. They brought it to the mainstream and made it popular to like these things. Now, if we're talking about things that came over from Japan that it was still looked at as weird to like, but it did bring, it did introduce us. We're talking Cowboy Bebop. We're talking Samurai X or Roni Kenshin, depending on what dub dub or sub you were watching. We're talking uh, Gundam. Gundam is phenomenal, by the way. Again, if you haven't given it a chance, Iron-Blooded Orphans is my favorite. Please, please, please give it a shot. Please. Also, G Gundam is phenomenal, but that's 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 an opinion. You don't have to go by my opinion. I'm not. I don't make the rules. You know, I'm just here to uh, to talk to you guys and vibe for however long we have. Um. Oh, right. Um. Okay. So real quick, I don't know if you guys heard, but. Tiny Tina, if you don't know who that is, I know I do that if you don't know uh, a lot, <laughs> but if you don't know who that is, is a character from Borderlands, okay? Borderlands 2 specifically, but she was featured in other games. Well, 2K and Gearbox have decided to give us, essentially, Borderlands 
D&D. And I'm not just talking about the forever old at this point DLC that is Bunkers and Badasses, which was the greatest DLC, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, gaming history. Except for Knights of the Nine, uh, the Knights of the Nine quest from Oblivion. That will forever be my favorite DLC. Um, sorry, that got quiet for a sec. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so they're bringing us uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is literally, like I just said, D&D, but, you know, Borderlands. It's amazing. Uh, the trailer dropped, I'm not sure how long ago, but I guess they're doing E3 right now. And um, that's one of the games that they that they were showcasing, and I am I am stoked. I'm actually considering asking friends for some help with building a computer of some kind that can run it, <laughs> or finding finding a way to obtain a PS5 or Xbox Series S or X, probably an S because it's cheaper. Um, you gotta pray someone has it. Someone's gotta have it, right? Right. Uh, anyway, it, it's almost worth getting a whole new console for. It is awesome looking. Um, also, the new Boulder's Gate when that comes out, because they're making a, another D- Dungeons & Dragons Boulder's Gate. Boulder's Gate 3. I'm excited. This is going to be crazy. It's going to be an isometric RPG like the rest of them, like the other two were, but they polished a lot of the features, like the combat systems and all that jazz. Right now, it's in pre... Um, it's in early access for Steam, which is really cool, but again, I don't have a computer that can run it right now. But when I get the chance to play it, I'm totally jumping on the opportunity. It's I've been waiting for 3 for so long. So long. What was it? Uh, I believe the early to mid-2000s when we got... Or the mid to late-2000s when we got our hands on 2. Yeah, I believe so. But anyway, it was it was crazy. I'm excited. Oh, um, so a little more news. Uh, in case you guys don't know, Bleach is coming back with another anime series. This time, it's going to go through the Blood Wars, which was a great arc in the manga. Um, Ichigo at full power is just something we never got to see in the anime. Not for too long anyway, because his powers got stolen, then he... One shot at the end, boss. It was crazy. Uh, but I'm excited for that. That's going to be nuts. Um, I believe that does it for anime news, guys. So thank you very much for joining me tonight. And I hope to see you guys in the next one. Later days.